0: on. 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 on.
1: Lock
0: on. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, the NFL Scouting Combine is here. How are you doing today, buddy? Well, we've gotten the deluge of
1: numbers and and weights and measurements and arm lengths and wingspans and hand sizes and, sure. and kind of Everything. sorting through all of that and seeing if any of it makes any difference, but. uh yeah, it's. I mean, we're not going to be shy or you know short of uh, information for the next few days. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, this <laughs> it's weird. Uh, this is one of my favorite days though because I like to, the anticipation of the combine coming up. We're getting some numbers rolling. It's like in. Christmas Eve, kind um, of. Got, it's like, like, it, yeah. re- it really is. Yeah, it's just that we're we're getting right to it. Um, I want to go ahead and talk about some of the notes and some of the measurements from earlier today. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go ahead and start here. Uh, who was some of your biggest maybe winners or losers or you know, most surprising people from the weigh-ins on Monday, which featured the quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends, uh, all walking across the stage?
1: Well, it seems like uh, you know some of the guys who you know won won the weigh-in, as they say, um, mm-hmm. and I, I, which doesn't really matter no, too no, much,
0: right? No. This is the most overrated thing, totally. ever, but we enjoy it. Yeah
1: i would say brandon Ayuk was a pretty big winner i mean i think everyone's been talking about how how he looks and came in with an 80 inch wingspan which was huge for sure uh sounds like t higgins uh didn't really have anything specifically amazing about what he what he did but he came in looking really good um you know you know I, i think the things that you know, just kind of some more mu- mundane stuff, like just Jerry Judy, I, I thought, you know, coming in at one at over 190 pounds, uh, you know, he looks kind of slight at times, so mm-hmm. I-, I wanted to make sure that he actually was over kind of that 190 threshold, because, you know.
0: Yeah, him and C.D. Lamb are about the same yeah, size, which is kind of Yeah, and,
1: and the, it's funny because, like, you know, o- being over 6'1", you, I mean, I feel like, he he needs to be over 190 pounds just because i mean otherwise you're just too slight like you can really get yourself and it just it, when i saw that mm. come in and then i saw cd lamb's numbers come in i was very surprised to see yeah exactly like i think lamb's got like a you know quarter of an inch or maybe a little bit more of, of, of it looks like a half inch on him but only like five pounds you know so they are very similarly sized so i thought that was uh, very interesting uh you know, Henry Ruggs coming in with, with bigger hands than we thought. I think both Ruggs and Rager coming in slightly smaller than uh, you know, the, the numbers we have on them. But well, that's well, short. Yeah. We should
0: we should say that shorter than what we yeah. said, thought because Rager came in at two hundred and six pounds, which that's about ten pounds heavier than what he was listed at. Sure. Uh, during the season. And that's
1: also yeah, I mean it's just those guys always end up getting their, their stuff adjusted because you know that's sure. two inches shorter than we thought on Rager, and it's an inch and a half shorter yep. than we thought on Rugs, and Rugs is probably about ten pounds lighter than what we anticipated. Uh, but again, you know it's it's interesting too because you know it, the the weight thing to me is always it's always kind of suspect at the combine because everyone's just paying it either paying attention to the weights. And so, like, there's someone who's in there kind of trying to hit a weight target. So they're, it's almost like a show. Uh, and and right. then there's guys like Ruggs, I think, that are slimming down because they're trying to, like, you know, fly off the end of the 40, you know. So.
0: Well, that's why I think Rager coming in at 26 is so interesting. Yeah, that's right? odd. Uh,
1: we'll, we'll see. Let's see what. Uh, I mean, he's still supposed to run a low 4-3. So let's see what he does. But I think that those are the guys that really stuck out. We talked about. Uh, Steven Sullivan from LSU oh yeah I mean goodness gracious that guy has a lot to work with that's uh that's appealing I, you know I think he had let me see if I can pull it up but he I got quickly, it right here 6'5", two,
0: 248 10 inch hands, 35 and a half inch arms 85 inch
1: 85 wingspan. inch wings, wingspan 35 and 3 eighths arms for a tight end like just that's incredible. an offensive tackle like oh you know, yeah. I mean you, you put a 100 pounds on this dude and he's a first round offensive tackle. I mean, so I,
0: I think I looked at mock draftable the other day, and I think there was only two offensive linemen in the scouting combine history that have a bigger wingspan than what Stephen Solomon. That's had. just nuts, man. You know, <laughs> it's incredible.
1: So I mean, that that looks like a guy who I think you know can eventually uh, come in and, and and you know maybe develop into something just because he's got uh, quite a quite a set of tools to say the least. Uh, and then I guess the, how about go ahead. How about Hunter? That's Bryant? the guy I was just going to go to Good. last. That yeah. was that was my last thing. I, I thought you know him coming in at 6'2", 248, two forty eight. He's got big hands, uh, nice wingspan. I I, I mean, I, I, if anything, it makes me feel better about Hunter Bryant. I think he's mm, oh absolutely. I think uh, he, his uh, weighing in like this will kind of help his stock a little bit. Uh, you know, he's let's see let's see how he runs. But I I you know I like his game. Um, you know, if he, some people had issues with his size to see how would he come in. He, he looks like he came in weighing just like pretty normal for a you know a move tight end. So uh, I'm interested to see if he tears up the combines to see what he does.
0: Yeah, so a lot of people were concerned about him maybe being in the two thirties mm-hmm. uh, during the season. Here's a list of some players that he weighs more at the, or more than at the combine: uh, George Kittle, Kellen Winslow, Julius Thomas, Jared Cook, JerMichael Finley. Gerald Everett, Evan Ingram, Trey Burton, David Ajoku, JerMichael Finley. There's a lot of successes there. Yeah. You know, uh, being 248, even at his height, uh, I love it. I, I think he might be the biggest winner of the combine for me. Uh, real a couple other ones. just quick, yeah, I was go just going
1: to point out. I mean, like, you just compare him to like, uh, you know, like let's say uh, Hunter Bryant, the guy that 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 uh, the oh, people yeah. have. I mean, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. the Harrison Bryant, the, the people that had kind of compared him to as far as a well if you don't like these the uh, undersized guys you can get like a more traditional sized guy uh, like Harrison sure. Bryant. Harrison Bryant is two inches taller or, or I guess yeah two and some change inches taller than Hunter Bryant, but weighs five pounds less, has smaller hands, has two inches shorter arms, and has two and a half inches shorter wingspan. Yeah. So I, I you know ultimately how high how tall a guy plays probably isn't as as useful as how much mass he's got and how much he can move it. And I think Hunter Bryant's got that guy in spades.
0: Yeah, there's some other guys like Bryson Hopkins came in at 245 pounds at 6'4". So, I mean, everybody that was worried about Harrison Bryant's uh, size or Hunter Bryant's size uh, shouldn't be uh, concerned at all. One last one, uh, Cole Komet. uh, I know you're not a big fan of Cole Komet, uh, but it's just nice to see that he measured in what he was expected to. 6'6", 262 pounds, ten and a half inch hands, 33-inch uh, arms and 79-inch wingspan. Just a massive, massive target. Uh, you're starting to hear some whispers that he's going to run maybe in the upper four sixes, which would be just a fantastic time for somebody of his size. Uh, just someone to keep an eye on over the next couple days. It uh, would not be surprising if he had a pretty good combine uh, you know, on, on Thursday. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk some more NFL news. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Bluechew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Bluechew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach since they're chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now this isn't just for guys who can't perform, it's for any guys who want extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships them direct, so they're cheaper than even a pharmacy would have. Right now, we have a special offer offer for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. When you use our promo code NFL, just pay $5 of shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code NFL to try it for free. All right, Landon, uh, we're going to get to Mock Draft Monday in a second. But there was some big news today out of Jacksonville uh, the Jaguars have decided to decline Marcel Darius' their defensive tackles player option, uh, which was about a twenty million dollar cap savings for Jacksonville. Uh, Darius is still a pretty good player. If you look at Jacksonville's run splits last year when he was in the game and not in the game, it, it's pretty dramatic. Is Dar- Darius somebody that you would be interested in signing in free agency? Uh, you know, if the numbers right, I mean, I'm I'm assuming he's not going to get. $12, $14 million a year. But if it's around maybe 7 to 10 would you be interested there?
1: Yeah, potentially. I mean, I think that in, it's kind of like what we discussed before the season. I mean, before the, the podcast, not before the season. Uh, you know, th- this market is getting saturated at this point. You know, we, we talked about how the defensive tackle oh, yeah. market was going to be robust and that there was, was going to be a bunch of names and uh, at the very least, we would get a a good look uh, at somebody probably for pretty cheap. The more that guys like Marcel Darius and and some of these other guys who are on bigger contracts who may not be quite finished yet, but are you know maybe not worth the uh, I don't know what his number was, but it was something crazy, wasn't it? It was like like over. I thought it was like close to twenty million or something. They saved yeah, twenty million in the cap or something like that by cutting him. So. There's going to be these guys who, uh, you know, who start kind of popping onto the list even more. And there's not going to be enough money for all these guys. I mean, I, I just, no, I, mean, I, I mean, I think everyone's going to get signed, but not everyone is going to get signed to, you know, life changing, huge contracts. So I, I do think that what that means for the Cowboys is that shopping will be good. I, I think that, you know, that there will be, uh, like I said, still there, there'll still be probably two or three of these guys who uh you know will uh, because they're young, because they have had, had big seasons previously, they'll get big money. but then once that second wave starts, you'll still find guys who are you know probably considered to be top tier defensive tackles still available and and I think Marcel Darius is one of those guys who you, you know you're not really sure exactly it, what his market is going to be. I think a lot of it's going to be dictated by what's available but I think yeah. that he it'll yeah. be the, the opportunity to sign him at a discounted rate is is something that could be there and something that the Cowboys should be interested in.
0: Yeah, so this is a bad way to judge uh Darius because he's more of a, you know, nose tackle one technique. Uh but look at his sack totals over the last couple of years. 2015, 2 sacks, 2016, 3 sacks, 2017, 1 sack, 2018, 1 sack, 2019 Half a sack. I, I, I just can't see somebody like Darius who's had some injuries over the last couple of years getting a ton of money in free agency. But if the Cowboys are trying to, to value shop and find some bargains, I, I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world to take a, a one-year deal on a Marcel Darius and have him be your one technique and then uh, you know maybe find a, another three technique you know in free agency or maybe late in the draft. That wouldn't be the worst option, right? Yeah,
1: I mean, listen – once Chris Jones and DJ Reader and Javon Hargrave and Leonard Williams yeah. and Michael Pierce and, uh, uh, you know, Jerron Reed and uh, the, once those guys get their money, right, then then yeah. Mike Daniels, Ndamukong uh, N- N- Kinsu, uh Mar- Marcel Darius, Timmy Jernigan... And okay, what does that All leave these guys Collins? well that these are all part of that second wave, right? They're they're all gonna yeah. have to fight for what's left of the contract. I just don't know that there's a lot of big money there. So some of these guys are gonna take cheaper deals than they would if half these defensive tackles were in the market in the free agency.
0: Well, that's where I wonder if the Cowboys best option wouldn't be just to re-sign Malik mm-hmm. Collins. Because again, you named how many different defensive tackles there and Malik Collins, I mean I like him, but he's pretty clearly, you know, at the bottom of that list. Wouldn't it just be better off to to re-sign Collins on a one-year one-year deal? You already know what he can do in your system. That almost makes the most sense to me. What do you think?
1: I think it really depends on what you're trying to do. I mean, I think if the idea is that you're trying to change what's going on in the middle of your defense, then you know, I, I think you can sign you can sign him, you can re-sign him. But I, I also think that this is an opportunity for you to. Go out and get a different type of player at defensive tackle, and if you start spending money, I mean, maybe you double dip in free agency. Maybe you get a, yeah,
0: and that might be the right and, answer. And right? maybe you
1: get Malik Collins and then another one of these guys. I, I wouldn't mind spending cheap money, cheaper money on Malik Collins, and then you know, ponying up pretty good cash for I don't know Javon Hargrave or you know some of these guys that. You know, maybe a, a light, a slightly younger player who you think can, you know, Billings or someone like that that you feel like yeah. you can take an investment on and, and actually turn into a player. Uh, I just, you know, I understand the the kind of re-sign your own shot shot, shot there, and I and I understand it um a lot more in, in some of these other positions, but I, I think specifically here, it, it feels like this is an opportunity in a spot where they. Specifically, want to change what they're doing on defense at defensive tackle. So,
0: yeah. See, I, I was gonna say, I think you, I think you could get away with signing Collins doing one year deal. So Now you still have, you know, Collins and Tristan Hill as your three technique. But go spend more money at that one technique spot. That's the spot that really needs to improve, right? Antoine Woods is fine, but he's he's not dynamic. Go out there and try to get Andrew Billings. (laughs) DJ Reader, there you go. Uh, Mike Pennell from Kansas City is a guy that I know John O'Neill likes a lot. To me, if you're trying to, to build your team the best way ahead of the draft so you don't have to force a pick, that almost seems like it makes the most sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, DJ Reader is probably out of our price range. To be honest, I think he's he might end up getting pretty big money.
0: Probably, uh, I yeah. I
1: love the guy coming out of college, so I, if that's my kind of pet cat. A couple years ago, so, uh, but yeah, I, I think to me, I, I agree. I think you, you know, look the thing. The problem is, 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 like it or not, you've already invested some money in Tyreek Hill or in Tyreek Hill in Tristan Hill.
0: Uh, yes, give yeah. Me.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> So I, I do think that, you know, you can if, – if you can get away with, uh, uh, you know, re-signing Malik Collins cheaply, you hope to get something out of those those guys, and then you go get mm-hmm. an actual hog molly, a defensive tackle, a nose tackle, and uh, you let him kind of help eat up space, heat up blockers. Maybe that helps open things up for Malik Collins a little bit more. Maybe that helps – You know, uh, Hill, Tristan Hill, get open a little bit more and find a way through. Uh, I I think that those are all pretty decent plans, and maybe even then you still draft a guy. I mean, I I think defensive tackle, defensive line, is the spot where they just need the most help because, well, not for sure, but I think it could be the spot that they need the most help because they have so much turnover here, and there's so much that could be changing schematically for those positions.
0: It'll be interesting to see what other guys hit the open market uh, over the next couple weeks as teams try to get under the cap. I expect to see two or three, four more defensive tackle names added to that group of, uh, you know, probably the best class in free agency of all the positions. Um, Let's go ahead and transition over to mock draft Monday. Uh, This one from Joe Marino. Um, Landon, this one's a brutal one for Cowboy fans here. Starting at pick 12, we're going to go ahead and work our way down. Uh, Pick 12, Jerry Judy from Alabama. Pick 13, Henry Ruggs goes to Buffalo. Pick 14, Javon Kinlaw to Detroit. Pick 15, Jalen Rager to to Denver. Pick 16, Clavion Chason to Atlanta. And then the Cowboys at pick 17 take safety, Xavier McKinney. Uh, We were actually discussing this mock pre-draft. and When you look at the guys that are drafted after McKinney, we don't love McKinney, but there's not many guys that you would trade, you know, spots there, right? There's there's just not, it seems like at pick 16 or 17, that's kind of where the talent drops off. Uh, what were your thoughts on this, market? All right,
1: let's 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 put this in perspective a little bit, though, okay? I would agree with you that kind of looking at this, uh, the first 16 picks, right, that this is probably the worst case scenario for the Cowboys, or at least probably, one of yeah. them, right? Sure at the end of the day is taking okay let's just again perspective here is taking Xavier McKinney at 17 really terrible it, it's not
0: awful no there's certainly other players I, that could take I, I, I there i guess my point that is that let's with. let's yeah. let's
1: at least let's take a second to be happy about the fact that there 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 does seem to be a soft landing at the very least for the Cowboys Right, like it does feel like the worst case scenario is not so much that they're going to be completely bone dry and completely eaten up by seventeen. It's more that uh, okay, we got to take one of these safeties at seventeen.
0: You're more you're taking a guy that you'd feel more comfortable drafting at twenty two or twenty three. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, you certainly would feel better about taking him at twenty two or twenty three with an extra pick, right? (laughs) Like, yeah, for sure. But I guess my point is, is that. I agree. This is flavorless to me. Like I, I, I'm eating this, and I'm like, ah, this, yeah. uh, I'm not enjoying well, the. I'm not enjoying my food. But you know what? It's not killing me. It's not. It's you know. It's 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 not the worst thing in the world. I'm gonna get a, a better defense with with Xavier McKinney. It's just it's not ideal either, right?
0: I I will say there's a couple guys that went after Dallas that uh, that I maybe would have liked better. Uh, So, I mean, this is all part of why maybe you feel okay about, you know, how that draft plays out. AJ Epinesa goes 22. I'm not necessarily sure if I would like Epinesa more than McKinney, but that's just another name to consider. Uh, Zach Bond goes later in the first round. I'm not sure he's a realistic candidate for Dallas. Um, But there certainly are other picks out there that would make me more upset than McKinney. Uh, We'll talk about one of these guys, uh, Kristen Fulton, later on in the week. But I would much rather have McKinney there. I did find it interesting, though, Landon, that Grant Delpit was not drafted in the first round of this mock. Did you notice that? Yeah. Uh, he actually falls. Uh, he falls to pick thirty-six to the Giants.
1: Yeah, I. You know, I mean, I got so distracted by C.J. Henderson falling all the way to thirty-two with yeah. Christian Fulton going. What was it, twenty-six? That seemed.
0: It, it. It seems unlikely that the second cornerback in this draft is going to be picked after the top twenty-five, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, and especially uh, again. I don't really like Fulton very much, so and I, I know okay. you feel the same way. Yeah. So I, there's a couple things about this that I honestly, this is the worst case scenario. But I also, I mean, I I really do a, I I love Joe Marino, and I and I think I think the world of his work. I I don't know how realistic this this draft is. Jordan Love going to 34 at the right. Uh, I can't see that. You,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, it is interesting though. I I I've played this scenario out a couple different times in my mind. Uh, I've actually talked to you about it. If Dallas doesn't draft a safety at 17, there's not a lot of landing spots between 17 and 40 for those safeties, just because a lot of those teams are set there. Uh, So if you don't draft a McKinney or a Delpit at 17, how likely is it that one of those guys falls to, you know, maybe the top part of the second round, or maybe even in the middle part of the second round where you could go get them? Because, if I'm taking, let's say, for instance, the Dallas drafts Epinesa at 17 instead, you could make a pretty good case that maybe Delput or McKinney fall to 35, and then you could go make a trade for one of those guys. Is that something you would consider there?
1: Yeah, I mean, the funny thing about this specific draft, too, is that I'm still looking around, but did you see where, uh, where Winfield went? Because I think...
0: Uh, he did not go in the top two Yeah, rounds.
1: so, I mean, for me... I'm taking Winfield at 51, well over AJ Ter- Terrell. I mean, for sure, right? Like,
0: there's been some whispers that Winfield's not going to test all that well here at the combine. Um, and then you consider his, you know, lack of size, some of the injury history, and then the average athlete. That he could potentially be a guy that falls late day two, early day. Okay, two. well then I'm just I, waiting I completely on a
1: safety for waiting oh, yeah, until yeah. then.
0: Because I, I mean, that's,
1: uh, I'll take that guy. We love Winfield. Yeah.
0: We we love him, but knowing how the NFL values weight, you know, they all, they they have a hard time drafting safeties that are under 200 pounds. They don't like drafting average athletes. I could certainly see a situation where Antoine Winfield's available at pick 75 in late April, right? Um, for sure. I mean, I know you wouldn't have that happen. Yeah, I mean,
1: uh, I, I, I think you know, for me, that would be not ideal to be to be to be, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I yeah. just I, I think this this situation presented is, you know, like probably it's close to worst case scenario, but I I, I again, it's still not a terrible scenario.
0: Yeah, it does seem like this is, you know, maybe the floor of what the Cowboys could expect to happen uh, come April. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Layden at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier and we will see you next time.